and welcome to another edition of Hunter Gatherers. I'm your host, Curtis Robinson. And today, uh, I have to say, I have been uh, catching a little help. We're preparing for a podcast at the Lono Tiki Bar in Hollywood. This podcast is today is January 12th, 2020. And on January 17th, we will be broadcasting uh, from our West Coast home, away from home, at the Tiki Bar in Hollywood. So, I've been catching hell over the fact that part of my job now is to ask people their origin stories, you know, how did you meet Hunter? And it's uh, come to light that I ask that, but I've never told my own. And of course, when you host a podcast, the only correct answer to that question is, well, it's on my podcast. So today, as we prepare for a multiple episode binge later on this week, it's time, I guess, for me to um, correct that error. I met Hunter in the mid-90s. I was editor of the Aspen Daily News. And later, it became sort of part of the job to meet Hunter. But when I was there, he had been in hermit mode for a while. And I'd been at the paper for maybe a year. We'd gotten some faxes, maybe, but I had I had not met him or talked to him in any way. And a um, documentary crew, who said they were from the BBC, but sounded to me vaguely Australian, wanted me to go on camera and talk about Hunter. Hunter had declined to participate in their project. This is very ironic because I make documentaries now and try to talk people into being in projects, but I didn't. I didn't like them for some reason. Uh, maybe I was just busy, but uh, they were very assertive and asked what Thompson had to hide, which I thought was odd. I said, well, given what he's confessed to in print, if he has secrets, they must be incredible. This was uh, not particularly satisfying to them. And they let me know that they knew where Hunter lived and they were going out there and um, I could help them or not. They were accurate enough that it worried me, so I did what you would only do in Aspen. I called the sheriff. You wouldn't normally call, or at least I would not normally call law enforcement, except under extreme duress. But Sheriff Bob Broaddus, the legendary Sheriff Broaddus, was a different kind of police officer, if you will not the least of which is he was elected. So he didn't have to, uh, he had a different constituency, we will say. So I, I called Sheriff Broaddus and told him roughly that they had given me sort of their idea where Hunter lived and then they were very accurate. I, you know, I knew where Hunter lived, not because I'd ever been there, I hadn't. But if you read Hunter very carefully, you could kind of figure out in one story he would talk about a certain kind of turn. In another story, he might talk about how long it took him to get somewhere. And if you were an obsessive fan like me, and I was very obsessive, you could figure it out. Of course, the vultures on the entryway with uh, glowing red eyes was confirmation enough if you knew what you were looking for. So the sheriff said he would uh, take care of it, and I assume he did. I never heard from them again. But I get a call later that day from someone who sounds like Hunter, 
says he's Hunter. And it's worth noting that some of my friends from time to time would call with their best Hunter impersonations. They knew I was a big fan. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a Hunter. I want you to come up here and, uh, yeah, I'm up here at Woody Creek. I want you to come and salmonize my car. I, I don't claim my friends are professional comics. So I kind of asked him a few questions and made sure it was actually him, which in retrospect was crazy. However, he invited me to his home after the paper got out that day. And so that would be about 10 o'clock, which was a great time to go. But the big question, of course, is what to take. You don't go to Hunter Thompson's empty-handed. And this is the part that I think really illustrates the wonderful random memory that Hunter could display. I go... I ended up taking Chivas. It was a question of do you take Chivas or do you take Wild Turkey? Of course, I knew the timeline of Wild Turkey was long gone, so I went and got Chivas, and I took some, a bottle of Chivas, and we hit it off. I'm from Kentucky, as is Hunter, and we talk about that. We talk about some other things, and of course, I make no secret of the fact that I've read everything he's ever published. Someone else there that night said, uh, so you've read everything Hunter's written? And I said, no, I doubt that. I've read everything he's published, to my knowledge. Hunter was always sort of a city editor kind of guy, and he liked that kind of distinction to be made. So we became pretty good friends at that point, and, and I would say later, really good friends. But let's fast forward like maybe two years we're down uh, at a valley place called Basalt. We're at a restaurant we used to frequent. And there's maybe eight or ten people at the table, and these little side conversations have begun. And I'm telling the origin story, as people do. And Hunter stops. You know, He's talking to someone a few people away, and he stops, and he, bam, hits the table. He says, yes. But Curtis was one of the few that brought a handle of Shivas. So understand what that means. That means in a casual conversation years later, he remembered that I did bring a handle. Uh, because you don't take a small bottle of whiskey to Hunter Thompson's house. You were never really safe from that memory. He can remember things from conversations at 4 a.m. six months ago, and he'd remember them perfectly. But that's my origin story. I'll be asking other people theirs uh, in the in the coming weeks, and and hopefully um, they won't be as occupational, let's say, as mine. Uh, I hope many more involve the great sheriff Bob Broadus, and I want to go on record as saying that the only reason I called the cops was that it was Sheriff Broadus, and he always had the philosophy that judging a police department. I should say law enforcement because he would say deputies. Judging law enforcement by how many arrests they make is like judging a fire department by how many houses burn down. His goal was to never arrest anyone because the day before you committed a crime, he ran into you on the street and talked you out of doing it. We could use more like him, but I will say this. In Aspen, that is still the zeitgeist 
for the most part, and it's uh, it's a tribute to to Sheriff Broadus and and the folks who came just before him. So there you have it. If you're tuning into this podcast in real time, be advised that we will be at uh, the Lono Tiki Lounge on January 17th, 2020. Around 3 or 4 o'clock, we're doing happy hour, and the illustrious Dan Dunn will be my co-host for all, or at least most of that. Really looking forward to it. And then also uh, looking a little further down the road, President's Day weekend, Aspen, Colorado. We will be podcasting through the, I think that's the 16th, 15th and 16th from uh, beautiful downtown Aspen, Colorado. And we uh, can't wait to start announcing our guests for that before too long. And there you have it. Thanks for tuning in. I don't guess you tune into a podcast, but you know what I mean. Thank you, and uh, once again, playing us out, as always, the wonderful Mr. Amram and uh, his version of, um, well, you'll see. Well, the southern gentleman hit the highway and gave us stories we could share of crooked schemes, shattered dreams of people everywhere. Road of whiskey screams and motel rooms where no one seemed to care. Road of deep, dark, secret places made us feel that we were.